Welcome back to Factory Sealed. It is January 12th, 2020. My name is Eric Peters and joining me two days, Mr. Dan Curtis. Hello. Hi. Hi. Also, Mr. Mike Tyson. I love Stadia. We got Tom Reagan. Uh, bear with me. I'm just throwing this lady in the lake. <laughs> what was that? That's <laughs> Tom. That might be the worst <laughs> accent you've ever done. I don't know what that was. Actually, I think what I'm going to do when I announce them is just edit in some crickets. Oh, okay. No, I like your accents better. You know, that definitely sounds worse. Plus, it's more effort and time for you. (coughs) Hey, as long as it stays under two hours. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to push the boat out on that quite yet. Yeah, I wouldn't. It's... I'm just breaking out into sweat even thinking about it. <laughs> oh, I don't even know it's how intense. I get through a full work day. Oh, God. I have to have a lie down. A siesta. Two hours in. <laughs> oh, Dan's gone again. He's finished photoshopping Eric's head onto various things over the last two hours. Now he needs a lie down. Now, the two-hour time limit, when does that reset? Because it's two hours is way too much work. How much of a lie down do you need then, before that two hours resets? A whole day? Yeah, but- the next day <laughs> oh god damn <laughs> imagine how productive we'd be if we only had two hours to do anything in the day work related mm, there, there are studies saying shorter work days make more productive people yeah yep and we should go to a two-day work week that does not bother really yeah just give everybody everything for free just give us money like we said on the unwrapped if we just stream our irl lives <laughs> Nobody wants to watch that. <laughs> oh, God, Dan's on the shitter again. <laughs> this is my eighth dump of the day. Oh, shit, here's another Mr. Pib. <laughs> I think people would pay for you to watch you drink Mr. Pib. How many pibs can I make it through before I, I fill my Pib, Mr. Pib would pay you to drink Mr. Pib. I think With I'm going to... Influenza status. I think I'm going to bring a bunch of Mr. Pib to... Tom's bachelor party. Oh God! All right, guys. Every fifteen minutes, down a can of pib. Just don't bring them to the wedding. Halfway through the best man speech, <laughs> bear with. Off to the loo. <laughs> <laughs> slam a pib halfway through the speech. Oh God! There's an explosion coming. <laughs> Eric's taken off out the marquee. <laughs> <laughs> Why do we always go down this road, Dan? I don't know. But yeah, it's just us today. It is just us. The first two-man show in... I can't even remember how long. It's It's been some time. I think the last two-man show, just in general, was me and Mike. God, it's worse than we thought. When did Mike and I do... that? Shit, that was... Oh my God, that was a long time ago. Where are those two? Um, Mike's truck, which we already know has issues moving, had more issues moving. So he's not here because his truck didn't move last week and now he has to go in today to not move it. Yep. And then Tom doing things around lakes probably 
I don't think we know why Tom's not here. He's just not here. I think he just could. I think he just couldn't be asked, mate. To be honest. Yeah, it's a rough one today. First, first show of twenty twenty, new leaf and all that. Yeah, you know what? Way to start the decade off. off. Way to start the decade, guys. Good yeah, effort. This, this this could have been factory seals year, but the two hosts just nope fecked right off. Yeah, we could have gone for a perfect season, but instead we're starting at fifty percent. <laughs> we're the best ones. We are. Sorry. Yeah, we are. <laughs> we are. So, how are you, Dan? Well, I've caught the either Mike's Black Death or your last plague is this week. Well, I did so. cough into an envelope and mail it to you. Oh, that'll be why. Then. Yeah, that was that mysterious. You know, it hasn't. It hasn't actually been as bad as last year because I remember last year after I came back from America, I was bedridden for about three days. It was that bad. Uh. So, I've just had the snots and the coughing this time, but I haven't felt like death. Yeah, when I was sick over Christmas, it was the sickest I've been in ten years. Yeah, it did sound pretty bad when you have to go to emergency on Christmas Day. Yeah. I was listening back to that, and I still can't believe Christy didn't take you. Well, I mean, we'd have to pack the kids up and all of that shit. And the last thing yeah, I want... I get the... Oh, so now you've started sealing your children up as well, have you? Well, the last <laughs> thing I want to do is have them go to the urgent care on Christmas and all of that. So, you know what? Daddy can drive. When he's nearly dead. I'll take myself. Don't you worry about it. But yeah, it's been... Uh, it's been a good couple weeks. Had some family come into town, played a bunch of video games, and had to go had to go back to work last week. You introduced anybody else to Beat Saber? I did. So my brother-in-law is actually a drummer in a couple different bands, and he came in and played Beat Saber and got obsessed with it. I can imagine. Yeah. As as you yes. imagine, somebody with rhythm like that is really good at it. Um, he was only here for three nights, and by the end of that third night, he was already playing songs on hard and beating them. Oh, wow. So he picked it up really quick and then um, subjected my sister-in-law to Final Fantasy... Why did I say Final Fantasy? Resident Evil 7. We've got Final Fantasy 7 on the brain. Uh, subjected her to Resident Evil 7 in VR, and she played about an hour and a half of it. An hour and a half? Yeah. She went full in. She just leaned into it. She got into the house uh, just before the main guy, or the main um, boss starts chasing you around the house and busting through the walls. And then she's like, I'm pretty motion sick right now. So she had to take it off and take some Dramamine. But That's a long time to spend in VR for the first time. And she'd never been in it before. She played a little mm -hmm. bit of Beat Saber beforehand and Tetris Effect. And then she's like, all right, I'm ready for it. Like, you sure? It's interesting how people have those different levels of VR uh, compatibility. Because I was slightly concerned when I first put it on. was like, am I going to be able to play this? But I've never had any issues, really. I so. get issues with games that have lateral movement, um, like Resident mm. Evil 7. That one I definitely get a little motion sick with. I did get motion sick with Blood and Truth. Uh, Vader Immortal on the Quest gives right. me motion sickness. But that's only when I'm climbing on things, because that one has one where you can move your hands up and grab things, then pull yourself up and move laterally like you're climbing on monkey bars. And Oh, like in Blood and Truth. Yeah, I might. I don't think I've gotten that far in that yet. Too. Oh, okay. so, yeah, but that is in Blood and Truth as well. Yeah. I imagine Sirento would probably be like that, too. Oh, Sirento is the top level of VR games for movement. 
Yeah. Because you can you can double jump and turn around in midair and throw things at the same time. It's I tell you what, man, that game is fun though. I bet if that game would stomach- be a blast on Oculus though, where you're not tethered and you could instead of moving around with a joystick, you spin your head around and you actually move your body around. Yeah, that would be really good. It, that's what's what puts me off with it, the actual movement. So I got this just after Christmas, this game. And the actual movement of turning round is where it gets really janky because you kind of you end up facing away from somebody and a samurai is charging towards you with two swords out, but he's behind you. So you glance, glance over your shoulder and then you just you have to sort of turn around really slowly. Mm. And the only, the other aspect of it that isn't that brilliant is the sword player, so you can't parry sword strikes. Really? No. Why? I don't think you can. It was unless it wasn't working for me. But you can but you can, which is awesome. So I did this right. So you got different weapons. I thought you just got swords and guns, but you get there is actually a bow and arrow. Ooh. As well. So I double jumped over this dude. And then when you land on the floor, you can do a slide move. So I jumped over him, slid, uh, and then looked back over my shoulder, pulled the bow and arrow out, fired the arrow and shot him in the head. It was the best thing I've ever done. It was so cool. It sounds like Matrix the game. It is, pretty much. Yeah. It's it's a bit janky at times, but my God, it's fun. Did you buy a physical copy of it? Yes. Oh. I think it was about 15 quid, something like that. I wonder if it is on Oculus. Site Rento. Oh, it is on Quest. I, I would give it a go. It's pretty fun. It came out last summer. Huh. Yeah. It's like a lot of VR games. It's kind of, I find with VR, it's hard to find what is good and what isn't because a lot of the mainstream outlets don't tend to review anything. Which is crazy. I could understand in the early days of VR, but now it's pretty mainstream. I I, I don't know why anybody, people aren't. They focus on the ones which go a bit more mainstream, like Beat Saber, etc. But they just miss out everything else. It's only $20. Yeah, there's some, I mean, there's some gems out there. Mm, I may have to take a dive. I got a bunch of... You're always... You're always buying things. Have oh, a I spent all of my eShop money yesterday, and no, probably two days ago. They have a phenomenal New Year's sale going on right now. Um, picked up the Castlevania Anniversary Collection, which is fantastic. <laughs> then I picked up Blossom Tales, which, if you haven't heard of that, is a really neat little Zelda clone. Um, it's very basic. I mean, it's even it's pretty generic sprite work, but it's about as close to a, a, a proper Zelda top-down clone you're going to get. And then, on a whim, bought a game called Mother Russia Bleeds. Oh, yeah, I remember you talking about this the other day. This game <laughs> this game is right up your alley. I don't really care too much for beat-em-ups, but this is an, an excessively gratuitous, violent beat-em-up game set in Russia. It's so much fun so it's basically streets of rage in russia yeah but hyper violent um you can as soon as you knock people down you can jump on top of them and just start pounding their face in or you can do a long power hold and you just kind of like grab your fist together and smash them down on their head and their brains explode out onto the ground oh my god you can uppercut people into the sky and then kick them and it's it's awesome you do that all sounds, these fantastic... That does sound like something I want to play. There's a I'm level really where there's this... It looks like a combine harvester that's following you really closely, but you have to fight through these groups of people, and you can just grab them and chuck them over your shoulder into the spinning blades of the harvester. Mm. Oh, my God. It's so fun. 
um, everything has to do with with drugs. So you re, um, everybody's been infected with this uh, disease called necro and your person utilizes it as their form of life. So if you injure somebody enough, but don't kill them, they'll lay on the, the, the ground and convulse and twitch and you can run up to them with this big syringe and suck the life out of them and then stab yourself on the neck and just regenerate your own life. Sounds really grim. Oh, yeah. And you can pick up a bunch of different weapons. I just got to a point where you actually pick up pistols and you shoot people and their heads explode. Wow. Dude, it's... And it was one of those... I've seen it on the eShop all the time and the the title screen just looks really bad. It's big. It's red. It's got terrible graphics on it. Like, that looks like one of those shovelware games. And I just never clicked into it. And I was just surfing around and... What the, okay, what is this? I click into it and I see the video start playing I'm like, ooh, I'm curious. And then in the top corner, I saw Devolver Digital. I went purchase because as soon <laughs> as I got to the it's like 15 seconds in and I saw the guy huck somebody into that combine harvester. I'm like, yep, that's for me. I'll be taking that. How much was it? Three dollars and seventy four cents. Oh, I might have to dabble in that then. It, it's during the shop, though, or the, the sale on the shop. So I don't know what the standard price is, but it's not it's not too expensive. Surely the sale's still on. The unfortunate part is that it does not have online multiplayer. No, oh, that would that would have been fun, wouldn't it? Oh, but God, couch co-op is going to be fantastic. Because not my, one for the kids, I feel though. No, I I think I'd. Oh man, it's normally fifteen bucks. It's down to three seventy four right now. I don't think you could. You got we have a streets of rage saying you can color people in with the knives. And, <laughs> it's a marker. But, <laughs> Daddy, wh- Daddy why would you explain throwing somebody into a harvester <laughs> or sucking the life out of them with a syringe? Daddy, why are you holding that guy down and punching him in the face? I'm not. I'm just checking his teeth for cavities because he's been eating a lot of candy. <laughs> What's leaking out of his head? <laughs> I just broke the marker. It's okay. <laughs> That's just fairy dust, darling. Fairy well, partway through, you get to a level where there are giant um, pigs that are starting to decompose but they'll charge you they're sitting there eating dead bodies and then they see you and they'll start charging you so you have to kick them and then they fall over and you straddle them and just punch them in the head until they die oh my God, how did they get this game out i don't know they'll put anything on the e-shop won't they? daddy what are you doing to that pig you like bacon that's where bacon comes from just some dude at nintendo headquarters just like going through all the games that have been submitted years here, look yes. At, <laughs> yes. Look at, look at that picture. <laughs> it's oh my God. so. This picture tells everything about the game. You've got one guy giving a people's elbow to a pig. Two zombies, or uh, I, I don't even know if they're called zombies, but they are. They're decomposing people walking around, and then another guy uppercutting a person's head off. That's just that's just excellent. You just had to show me this picture and you would have my money. That does look it looks incredibly Streets of Rage like. It really does. The cool thing about it though is that it actually plays really well. It's got super tight controls and there's a bunch of combos to it. So it mm. I wanted to go in doing like, I'm just gonna mash this the, the, the button for punch and we'll be good, but you can't. So when you grab somebody, depending on what button sequence you have after that dictates what they do but then from there you can continue to do more combos on it and stack stuff together it's really cool that sounds that honestly sounds like something i really want to play i i genuinely think you would enjoy it 
I think I would as well. Um, had me at punching pigs. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, so I, this week, have been playing a lot of Borderlands 3. Borderlands which, 3? You know what? I I remember enjoying Borderlands 2 when it came out, and but I think with all the re-releases over the years and stuff, I've been kind of just, it's Borderlands, you know? It's just what, it is what it is, but... I've been having a lot of fun with three. It's really good. That's why I didn't buy it though. It's just because it, it, it's Borderlands. I love the first two, but do I really want more? Oh, but dude, the new I'm playing is the the gunner class, which has a mech as this their skill, and my god, it's so good. Oh. So once you get once you get the mech, you have so you have two slots on either side. So you have. You can unlock new things as you go forward, but I've at the moment I've got on my right arm I have a rocket launcher which fires about six rockets at once, and on my left arm I have a standard grenade launcher. So if you're in the middle of a fight and there's loads of people, just summon the mech down and you can just absolutely destroy them. Oh, it's brilliant. That sounds awesome. It's so satisfying, man. So did you play Borderlands Two in VR? Yes, I've got it. I just read that they uh, included aim support, aim controller support. Yes, it's really cool. But do you have the aim gun? Like, yes, I do. Oh, but it suffers from like a lot of VR games extensive blurriness, which <sighs> hampers it. That sucks. So it's really difficult to read the menus, for example. Yeah, which you spend a ton of time in the menus. Yeah. So, oof, that is a, I mean, that's still a spicy meatball. That thing's still fifty bucks. Is it? Yeah, the EM con the EM controller. No, the Borderlands Two VR. Is it? I thought it was on the sale. Um, I also purchased a game that I guess I forgot I was waiting for to go down in price, but it's called Twenty XX, which this game has become my obsession. Did you ever play Rogue Legacy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is Rogue Legacy, but with Mega Man. Oh God. Oh, when did this come out? This came out last year, I want to say. Let me check here quick. That passed me. Oh, no, no, no. This came out in 2014. So this is a legit Mega Man game. It's not a legit Mega Man game, but it is a Mega Man X ripoff stuffed into Rogue Legacy. Interesting. So if you don't know what Rogue Legacy is, it is. I hate using this term, but it's a roguelike, obviously, where you get one run to get as far into the game as you possibly can. When you die, you start over. You lose all your upgrades. You lose all your items. You have some money that you can spend for permanent upgrades and so on. This game functions exactly the same, but it takes every element of Mega Man and dumps it in. So you get dropped into a random world, which is essentially a boss world. And make it through, beat the boss. Then from there, you have the option to either take the boss's weapon or you can grab um, an item that you can use as currency or there's another power-up that's typically random, like another special weapon. And then you can choose to end your run and go back to the headquarters or you can go to the right and choose one of the next three worlds and you just keep cycling through. But as you you go through, you'll get more power-ups and upgrade your armor and upgrade your weapons. But when you die everything disappears so you collect these things called soul chips that then you go back to the main hub world and you can purchase permanent upgrades 
or you can purchase new weapons that will show up within the chests as you appear. One of the other, a couple of the permanent upgrades are um, you have a, a mechanical cat who will show up in level four with a chest for you, and then he'll show up again in level six, and then again in level eight, but you have to purchase those. And then once you get beyond that, it's like, all right, now here's a permanent upgrade where you'll start with a special chest. And that could be like a headgear piece that gives you an additional attack power or gives you um, a weapon that shoots in all four directions. But gameplay wise, it is Mega Man X and it is spot on with its control, even down to the even down to the dashing and jumping, the wall climbing, the platforming. It's if you enjoy any aspect of either of these two genres this game is an absolute must. I honestly would shoot up with. Uh, if yeah, if you have the weapon that shoots up. Oh, yeah. Controversial. So there, there's a weapon <laughs> that um, it shoots all four cardinal directions. Even when you oh, charge yeah. it, it's you just stand somewhere and just start wrecking people. This sounds brilliant. I Dude, must say, I love a rogue game. This one, as much as I love a Metroidvania, so like Dead Cells, I obsessed over that for years now. Probably. Two it, years I've been playing that game. Still is, haven't finished it. Is Dead Cells a roguelike? Yes. Huh. What's neat about every this time, is... Every time you die, you go back to the start and uh, have to so, unlock permanent upgrades. But I remember Rogue Legacy, some of your runs would be as short as like two, three minutes because that game was really difficult. It was. The first run I made on this lasted 25 minutes. I made it through four person. bosses the first time. And it, it's not one of those where... You can just like, I'm going to do a couple runs because that could be an hour if you're good at the Mega Man games. And it's not as difficult as Mega Man games go. Um, Partway through the levels, you collect bolts on the ground from enemies. And as you upgrade, enemies will drop more bolts. And then you'll have like vending machines where you can trade in those bolts for health. So you can regenerate your health as you go. If you fall off of a cliff and, and into a pit, it's not like traditional Mega Man where you instantly die. It'll warp you back to the last spot where you dropped off and you'll lose a couple bars of health. So it does. It's a little generous in that it's not super brutal, but it is a absolutely brilliant game. It sounds really good. Well, if you got a fall, uh, I got it on switch for it was on sale for nine dollars. Oh, man. My spending trigger is itching. Let's see how much it is on your eShop. 20XX, $12.99. It's all right. Yeah, it's a little outside the impulse purchase. I've I think... Got no, I've, got no, I've got enough to play at the moment, man. I think in the States it's still on sale for a cool $9. Otherwise it's not... proud of me, actually. I haven't even... I've got two sealed games on my shelf right now. <gasps> <laughs> oh god are you okay <laughs> no they'll be oh. getting open soon They're let me talk to, me. let me talk to crystal i need to have her take you to urgent care <laughs> call the ambulance dan curtis hasn't opened a game I could, hold on I, bought that, I got or bought that much for christmas hold on no i'm making point. a note <laughs> next calendar what's the date Today, the 12th of January, in the 2020th year, Daniel Curtis has a sealed game. Never happen again. I'm going to put that on the next calendar that I made for you. (laughs) So they are Nino Kuni, Wrath of the White Witch, which I really, I can't start that right now because that will just consume my life. Yeah, that's a, that's a dark hole. 
and then Devil May Cry Five. Ooh, I play. I do need to try and get through Nino Kuni before Final Fantasy Seven comes out. You really need to play Devil May Cry Five. I downloaded that on Game Pass, and what a treat! Yeah, I I do want to start it, but I'm trying to get through Borderlands Three first. Yeah. So I started the Outer Wilds as well. Um, that's the one in space, right? <laughs> I mean, the Outer Worlds. I can oh. see Mike. I can feel Mike's <laughs> anger from over the sh- distance. He's shaking his stationary lorry wheel. <laughs> he's got one eye on Stadia, the other on his TV <laughs> mountain bracket, and he's just raging. <laughs> and all the trucks in front of him that won't move. So Mr. Mr. Tyson this week has been trying to um, mount a TV on his wall with varying degrees of success. success and we were just, in, during the Unwrapped, we are talking about how he's uh, been raging at his, over the past week. I love how there's a guy at his job whose entire job it is to make sure that all of the trucks are in the correct order, yet they're never in the correct order. Like, absolutely never. Most days, so these lot, Obviously, Eric and Tom are still generally awake when I'm just waking up. And then Mike gets up at like 4.30 in the morning, so he messages them. So I've got a load of messages from them in the morning. Nine times out of ten, Mike sent a message saying I'm plugged in again at work. <laughs> so this is why we're convinced he, being a truck driver, doesn't actually get to drive anywhere. But he gets to sit there and get paid by the hour Yep. and we're play Switch. Switch. Pretty soon. Well, yeah. I'm sorry, not Switch, Stadia. He's he's sold yeah. he sold off his switch. All of his games. I love that streaming future. I love it. <laughs> Can put me phone on the controller. Have a bit of snap and play some stereo. That's what I love. <laughs> Mike, I love you. I'm sorry. Do we? We do, don't but, we? But yeah, I'm not really that sorry. Trying to think of what else I bought. Uh, I well, while you mull it over, I would like to talk. This week, I also did. Was it this? It might have been a couple of weeks now. I started Pokemon Sword. What a game, man! Sword. Sword. Pokemon Sword. Sword. I have oh, not touched man. it for like a month and a half. Well, you aren't into as into the Pokemon games as many as, as much as I am. I've played most of the mainline Pokemon games, and this is. Head and shoulders above any of them. Hmm. It is fantastic. It obviously it's the first one ever to grace the Nintendo home console properly, but my god, they've pushed the board out with it. So it got a lot of negative press around the whole Pokemon not being taken out aspect of it. But you've got to think now. What do you mean? Nine hundred Pokemon. Oh, nine hundred Pokemon. Yeah, there was a bunch of Pokemon that weren't actually included, right? Yeah. There's, but there's so many of them now, and I can't even... But the animations of all the different Pokemon are generally quite different. Mm-hmm. So to do that to the extent of 900 different creatures would just take forever. Yeah. I, I think I th- I would rather they had less and spend some time actually animating them correctly than have 900 who are not necessarily as good. See, and I'm by no means... A Pokemon connoisseur, and I could tell popping this in that this one already had a level of polish that some of the other games, not saying they were unpolished, but didn't have. This game just it, was super clean. 
it just makes the world feel more authentic than the others. It's like more lived in and there's more yeah. to it. And it's based on the UK as well, which is really cool to see. And it's a lot nicer version of the UK. I can tell you that much. But I saw you got Sir Fetched. Yeah, Sir Fetched is great. How far in are you? I in, love in that guy. What do I, I need to do Pokemon, to get? I beat the Pokemon League. I'm in the end game. Oh, I don't even it's, have my uh, first badge. <laughs> <laughs> It's a good uh, game, so, that's why I didn't keep playing. But the standard Pokemon game has been collect all the gym badges, get to the end, beat the champion, that's it. And then use certain end game content. But this one actually flips out on its head a, a little bit. It's still a kind of a gym challenge, but it's all you battle in actual stadiums and things, and it feels so much more epic than it has in the past. You fight in Stadia? <laughs> Calm down, Mike. Okay. I heard Stadia. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, turned into an American. <laughs> Sorry. Continue. Stadia. Did somebody say Stadia? No, we said Stadium. Oh, taking an M off, and I'll be back. <laughs> Mike just sitting in a stadium playing on Stadia. <laughs> ah. <laughs> I'm in heaven. But- but if you're honestly, if you're on the fence about Pokemon Sword or Shield, but that one is the wrong choice. It is the Swords wrong choice. Sword's a cooler. Um, I would 100% go buy it because I had an absolute blast playing this, and I'd be very surprised if it's not on my game of the year list somewhere. Hmm. Interesting. So I'm definitely going to keep playing it because there's plenty of end game content to keep me going. I hope I haven't looked it up, but I'm, there always is. So, so you uh, just. Go ahead. No, I, you go ahead. It's fine. And you say you convinced me to purchase a game that you've been yelling at me to buy for quite a while, and I finally caved. Oh, Star Wars Jedi have a fallen over by any chance? Uh, yes. Jedi fallen over. And I made the decision to get it on the one X. Jedi fallen over. <laughs> That's the joke. <laughs> <laughs> Your grandma's the the head of the Jedi Council. (laughs) Oh, God. Yes. So after listening to Tom, I don't want to say complain, but yeah, I'm going to say complain. Um, He's been whinging a bit. Yeah, a little bit. Apparently, the PlayStation 4 version, at least what Tom's experiencing, is a complete mess. And I'm not experiencing any of that on the One X. It's not a complete mess, but it has issues. Yeah. It's definitely. It's incredible. It's very playable, but there are instances. I mean, Tom's playing on Pro and I'm playing on Base, so there are elements where things don't load in correctly and there's long loading screens and I think I saw characters in the distance still in T pauses rather than <laughs> actually being animated correctly. And yeah. So it's just. It's all right, you know, it's just, there's a few issues, but I enjoyed it immensely. Yeah, I'm definitely enjoying it. I haven't played it in a couple weeks because we got sidetracked with how uh, big the game of the week was, but I went to pop it back in last night and I forgot that that game is a little, the, the combat's a little bit more nuanced than your traditional Dark Souls games. So it wasn't for me just muscle memory pick up and play. And for like the first 20 minutes, I couldn't remember how to reflect blaster piss or blaster shots. So 
that yeah. that made it a little difficult but i haven't experienced any of the stuff that tom's been talking about the one x version is just super clean hmm, interesting yeah so i guess i'm kind of I glad I, went. I wonder why there's such a varied difference between the platforms because they're not that different nowadays are they well and i think jedi fallen order was the one that people were talking about where the playstation issues it wasn't relegated to the platform as a whole but individual consoles really yeah so if you're playing i think that's what this game was uh, i think that's one they were talking about where a lot of people were saying yeah i'm experiencing this issue on and we tested it on two exact identical playstation 4s and it did it on this one consistently and it didn't do it on that one consistently but how good question because they're the same hardware uh yeah what the fuck <laughs> I don't remember. I think I, I'm pretty sure that was it. If it, if if it's not, um, then I apologize. But pretty oh man, sure that's it. That that game though, man, it's just so fun. I it's if you like Star Wars and you've wanted to play a good Star Wars game for a long time, like I have, mm-hmm. it's just it's just so much fun. Yeah, it's I, I definitely enjoy the fan service of it. It's it, it's like it's a lot of time it's like actually watching a Star Wars movie. Yeah. And the character development, just, it is really cool. Yeah, I, I loved the story. I thought the story was great. Well, what's really neat is that things that they're talking about in here. I can see where it's not crossing over, but the same references are being made within Vader Immortal. So how cohesive the Star Wars universe is, is incredible. Because games, yeah, I, you, you can imagine Disney's on it though. Like everything they put in this game had to be verified. Yeah. At one time, I read an interview this week where the game director, actually, who was the I can't remember his name, but he was the original game developer, game director of God of War. So, wow. and then he said that the original vision, when they pitched this to Disney, they went, "No, you can't do that. You can't use Jedi. You can't have anything." So they wanted a game with blasters and things like kind of like Star Wars 1313 was going to be. Can you remember when mm-hmm. that was announced and cancelled? And basically, over time, I think they produced this prototype, showed it to Disney, and they went, okay, you guys are now worthy of the Jedi. You kind of have to earn the Jedi. Yeah. Developing games for Disney. So it's super cool. So I did it, I did find cool. out that this is that what I was talking about is in regard to Fallen Order. Um My only issue with it is. Why can't we have dismemberment of humans? <sighs> yeah, but it's a Disney game that you got to remember at its core. What you're playing is a Disney game. I know, but in Star Wars, if you get hit with a lightsaber, you get chopped in half. Look at Darth Maul. Oh, God, that'd be so much fun. Just know, a hyper violent. You, you can cut creatures in half. You just can't cut humans in half. That's a good point. Literally in half, you can. You do an overhead swipe on a, just, a bug creature, it will cut it in half. I tell you the one thing that I really like about the Star Wars universe is they do a fantastic job of making very personable companion robots. BD-1 oh, is the, so cool. I love. He's like an affectionate cat. He reminds me of your ratchet. Yeah. He's amazing. He's so cool. Like mixed with Wally. Yeah. It's just, I love him so much. For it's amazing that a character like a droid, where they don't speak and just make these noises, can have so much personality. Like I've always BB-8 in Star Wars as well. I've always wondered how they communicate with humans. 
and how humans can understand like whistle and shit luke can communicate with r2d2 and understand what he's saying his little beeps and bops and boops like growing up did he study droid and just a series of beep bop boops universal translators or some shit like that that's generally the sci-fi where oh god speaking of that everybody can understand wookies and all this is (laughs) can everybody or is it just han i don't know actually where's mike when you need him yeah Oh God! Get off stadia, you bastard! And come in here, for God's sake! Mike screaming at the the stereo. No, everyone can. Which one was the Revenge of the Fifth? <laughs> no, it's May the Sixth be with you. Oh yeah. Yeah, come on. We're coming up May on it now. May the Fourth be with you. Yeah. So here's what this sentence says. Normally, if a technical problem exists on a PS4, it's likely to appear on all PS4s. It is a platform level problem. With Fallen Order, a problem that appears on one PS4 may or may not appear on others. The problem lies with the individual console, not the platform. That's fascinating. Yeah. And so strange. It's really weird. I've never heard that happen before. Mm hmm. Oh, Eric, I've got I've got a good Star Wars joke. I saw this on oh, Facebook. No, no, no. What 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 did Yoda say the first time he saw himself in 1080p? HDMI. <laughs> I saw that Correct. last night too. <laughs> it's probably Mike sharing it. That's a Mike joke right there. I would have expected that from him, not from you, Dan. Like You're it. of a higher I class. Liked I liked it. It was funny. You you are of a higher class. So eh, uh, I don't know about that. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm sad that Tom's not enjoying this game. I, I can understand where he's coming from. He's got some gripes, which I'll let him probably go through in the next episode himself. But I think he is I enjoying it, good. but I think his big gripe, and I haven't gotten to this point yet, where when you're done with a section, traversing back to your ship apparently is a gigantic pain in the ass to the point where there are a ton of online videos about how to get back to your ship from here but it reminds me of dark souls in that aspect because it's like a looping kind of map where you have to find your own way Mm -hmm. and rather than just after you beat a section it transport you back to your ship it expects you to actually figure out how to get back there without any hand holding which i like so i don't know that I can see where he's coming from. It could be frustrating at yeah. times. I There was a couple of times I got frustrated and I was like, because the map is projected from BD1 and it's this 3D holographic map and sometimes it's quite hard to work out where bits go. Oh, yeah, that's right. And uh, so I can understand where he's coming from, but once it all clicks in your head and it comes together, I think it's, I think it's fine. It's all right. I do occasionally have to stop and remind myself, okay, you are playing a dark soul style game i want to just rush in like i'm playing a star wars game but you can't yeah. do that and i've died quite like a number that, of times I, lo- I like the methodical nature of it i like uh trying to parry a stormtrooper and then chopping him chopping him well not in half because you can't yeah stupid <laughs> i'm gonna give you a nice yellow line across your stomach yes but i'm gonna play it a little bit more we don't our, our next game's kind of big but i want to play this one a lot more i need i need something more satisfying at the moment than our game of the week. Oh, God. <laughs> it was great, man. What are you talking about? Lovely yeah. game. Real. So um, we should probably get on to talk about that because there's a lot to talk about. 
I'm just well, kidding. There's, there's not, not. There's not a lot. There's not a lot in the game. There's not a lot in the game. <laughs> but there's a lot to talk about. Um, so our game of the week was a series that I've always looked at on the shelf and always been super intrigued by, but never actually got around to playing it. So last year, Santos Lopez was gracious enough to send me a box of goodies in return for playing Dot Hack Infection on the show, and play it we did. We did. We did. Um, I don't. I even, wish I hadn't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know where to begin with this game. So let's. I guess let's try to summarize what it is. Uh, well, so I I apologize first of all, Santos. We will go through why we didn't like this that much, but we tried. We really did. And we'll just have to see how it goes. But the s- summary of Dot Hack is basically it's a MMO that's not online and it's a simulation of an MMO. So you are playing as a character who exists in the real world but transports into a game called The World or possibly The Wild. I think it's The Wild. I think it's the wild as well. <laughs> and then you get you get teleport you get teleported into this game environment. So basically, you're playing as a a guy character. in front of a computer. Yeah, a guy in front of a computer who is jacking into a game or jacking off to a game. <laughs> no difference. I can't, even, I can't even explain it. It's so dumb. Uh, no, so you are right. It you are playing a guy at a computer who logs into an MMO that's online in the real world, but you aren't playing as an online character. Essentially, what the game is trying to do is it's trying to create the essence of an MMO offline. However, what it's lacking is any semblance of an actual game. So you go in. uh, Let me actually, I'm just going to read you the story overview because I didn't find any story within the game whatsoever. Um, it's there, it's very poorly told, but essentially you play as a character named Kite who has a friend named Orca. Orca. Orca invites Kite to play in the world. And once they get in, they go to a dungeon and they encounter a girl named Aura who's being chased by a gigantic humanoid monster. Aura then gives orca a book and then the monster attacks him which then crashes all of the servers for the world kicks everybody out kite then discovers that orca's real world player has fallen into a coma after the attack and the rest of the game is him resolving to discover why so it actually starts off with a really cool premise and if you guys recall when i first started playing this like the first couple hours I kind of enjoy this. I mean, there's a little bit of a of a neat concept here. But that's where it stopped. In the first hour, yeah, it's, you it see... It starts off quite satisfying, but over time it just descends into repetitiveness. In the first... I would actually honestly say within the first 30 minutes, you see everything this game has to offer. <laughs> I would agree. And it can go on for 12 to 15 hours. It It is simply repetitive. So afterwards, 
Kite then goes back into the world, meets a character named Black Rose, who takes him to a cathedral where they're attacked by that same headless swordman, whose name is Balmung. Um, they defeat it, but then... I, I can't even remember this. <laughs> this monster revives itself as a data bug, which then activates the book that Orca gave to Kite, which alters Kite's character data, his online data, and gives him a special bracelet called the Twilight Bracelet, which he can then use to data drain enemies and collect their code. So this character, Balmung, accuses Kite of causing the viral infection that's spreading throughout the game. So after Orca goes comatose, a virus starts to spread throughout the world. And Kite and Black Rose decide to cooperate to help all the coma victims because there is a fictional message board outside of the world. So you will log in and out of the world and go back to this desktop screen where you can check uh, forums or you can read emails and very generically respond. So you spend the next 11 hours investigating dead end leads and trying to figure out what characters to take with and how to upgrade their weapon. You track down an enemy named Skeeth, who then put Orca in a coma. They defeat it, and it transforms into a larger enemy called Cubia, from which they escape. And then it says at the very end of the game, the real battle is just beginning. Credits. Yeah, that basically sums it up. <laughs> that is the game. So from hour one to 12 to 15 all you do is you log into the world you choose a random string of words to go into a field yeah now what what's with the random strings of words like what's this about they are mental okay so instead of just there there's you log into a world you go into a main town, which is actually kind of neat. It looks like a hub town from an MMO. You've got your weapons dealer, your po your uh, items dealer, magic dealer. There are other people meandering around who you can talk to. You can gift items to them. You can trade with them. So again, from the very beginning, it seems really cool. Like they've captured somewhat of that, that magic of an MMO. But from there, you have to go out into the field. And it's not as simple as just walking through the gate. You go up to a chaos gate, which then some people will give you strings of codes. Like, I I can't even remember one of them off the top of my head. It's like Petrid. It's like, it's like burning ass syphilis nonsense. Yeah, so there's, <laughs> there's like three keywords that you put in a row, and it can generate a random field that you can go to. And on that field, it's like a little bit of an overworld. There are hidden magic portals where enemies will spawn for you to fight. So there's not just enemies meandering about, but you can pop an item called a fairy orb, which will then reveal all of those magic portals. So you can go and clear out those magic portals. But then every field has a dungeon. You go into the dungeon and it is a series of the same square rooms that you walk through. No, 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 no. So there's occasionally an L-shaped one. And a Don't rectangle. A I'm sorry. <laughs> I think even towards the end, they have C-shaped ones. Oh, well. But the textures on the wall never change. Textures on the floor never change. Some of the rooms, not all of the rooms, some of the rooms will have enemies in them. Others will have two barrels or four barrels that you can destroy. 
and it may, if you're lucky, have a treasure chest which contains an item you will never use. <laughs> like, never. So, RPGs are guilty, right, of you will find a treasure chest and it will be full of shite that you don't need, but occasionally you will come across a treasure chest which has a new weapon or something useful, but in dot .hack, that basically never happens. I used three weapons the entire game. You start with... I think I used, I think I used a lot more because I... With, so I really struggled with this game until you sent me your guide. So because it does not explain anything at all. No. So you can, you can change Kite's equipment, but to change anybody else's equipment, rather than it just being in the same menu as Kite, you have to press square then scroll across about six screens to find their names, then click in their names, then click equipment, then adjust their equipment. Oh, no, you can't. No, you can't, you can't do, do that. that. No, you can't. Sorry. So basically, to give to get them to equip new things, you have to look in that screen I just mentioned, then you have to talk to them, then you have to click gift, and then you have to give them the item that you want them to equip, and then based on basically absolutely feck all, they will decide if they want to equip it or not. But it's not as simple as that, because some weapons some weapons are for, you have what is it, six classes? You have a blade master, a heavy axeman, a heavy blade, yeah. a long arm, a twin blade, and a wave master. So, kite is a twin blade. Some weapons are specific to, well, all weapons are specific to that character. And they'll have a level associated with it. Like, this is a level six long pole. Okay, that person is a long pole. I'm going to, or a long arm. I, I have to look in. Like Dan said, go into the menu, go to status, go to that character, uh, highlight their weapon, press triangle, and then it pulls up the information for that weapon. And it's like, okay, that's a level six. Now I can go back to my menu, uh, walk up to that character, press square, go to gift, find that next weapon press X and give it to them, and then it'll go, this person equipped it. It's the most... Not always, though. Sometimes they just go, oh, thanks. Yeah. Oh, thanks. And then they don't equip it. But they just pinched your item, which you could have sold and gained some money. But apparently, there is a hidden affection rating. Where yeah, if... It's pointless. If you give people <laughs> enough things, they'll be more affectionate towards you, which does what? Oh, yeah. No idea. Um, I didn't see that hidden cutscene at the end. Oh, God. Ooh. Black Rose and Cat getting it on. <laughs> oh. A little furry action there. Oh, no, that'd be Mia. Um, oh, God, Mia, right. So we need to talk about Mia. Well, hold on. So Mia to get to, Before you get to that, since we're on the item stuff, to give people armor is even more ridiculous because that's, that's not class-specific, but it'll tell you what class is can't equip it so it'll say like level 21 oh, yeah 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 like yeah. level 21 fire firebreaker or fire mail and then down below it'll have the little do not enter symbol with like with like uh blade master heavy axeman and twin blade yeah that's bizarre it's and the it's so it just makes managing your characters so cumbersome well and it's some of just, them don't it even baffles me why it can't be in the same screen yeah, and some of them don't even tell you what can't equip it. So you'll gift it to them like, oh, great, you only have a level seven male piece on. I'm going to give you this level 21 worm hide. And they just go, thanks. But then you can't get back. You can if you trade with them. 
Oh yeah. So there's a trading so the tra- system. The- Go ahead. Yeah, the trade system is basically so it's unlike a gift, it is trading. So you can either do do this with your party members or you can do it with random people and it'll have four stars which will light up depending on what you give to these people. And there are certain certain items, Eric. Did you see these where there were like parameter increases? Yep. Where you no matter what you give them, they would not trade for it. So no. I don't understand why they're there. So one of the things we haven't mentioned about this I imagine this is probably the case why. Dot Hack, the original series, was released as four games. Now, unlike traditional sequels, these games were released three months apart, charged at full price, and basically all it is is a cut-down full-length RPG released for four times the price. So you end up spending $200 on a traditional 60-hour RPG. Yeah, because this, this first part is 15 hours, and I read all the reviews for all the others. They say exactly the same thing. They're all exactly the same. Basically, no development throughout, no changes. So nothing like when you get a sequel, you expect a bit different, a bit more polish. None of that. These are just exactly the same. Three months apart. A com- basically, Dot Hack was meant to be this new anime series kind of thing, hybrid game thing for Bandai Namco. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, dot hack i didn't watch it because the game just didn't grab me but the each game comes with an anime dvd as well which is meant uh, that series was meant to take off based on this oh luminility think, yeah I, but i think they just kind of i don't think mine I think had it didn't, i don't think they developed a game enough to justify a anime successful anime series off the back of this so because the game is there's it just it just irks me to even think that people paid four for four games in this series i can understand some people might like it but what's really strange is that the way it was sold is ridiculous it's it's like early expansion pass nonsense you know oh yeah and it's this from what i've seen and what i've heard about people talk about this it's it's kind of a cult hit and I was genuinely excited to go into playing this because it, like I said at the beginning, it's a game I've always been curious about. Same with the um, Xenosaga series. But hmm. the gameplay loop on this is so dull. You do you know, Eric, I, I'm exactly the same as you because I went in it and I enjoyed it for a little while. And, but by the end, I just wanted it to end. Well, you were, you were hating on it pretty quick from the beginning, but... I, I understand why this game would have such terrible walkthroughs online, because I genuinely think that if you were to go through this without a guide, it would probably take you 25, 30 hours just to figure out what to do, because you, you drop into the world and sometimes it'll say you have a new email and you're supposed to log out and go read your email which will then trigger somebody to write something on the forums that you have to go through and read. And then it will give you the keywords. Only then will you be able to access that particular field. So once you get to that field, then you have to get to the bottom of a dungeon and you will meet the person that wrote (coughs) that, that post on the forum. And typically they wanted you to go down there and get an item for them and you have the option to either keep the item for yourself or give it to them if you give it to them they will in turn give you their 
player address. So when you log into the world, you can create a party of three people. Obviously, Kite is one of them, but you can call any number of the other people that you meet. And this is my other gripe with it, is that your characters always show up severely underleveled. So when you meet a new character, they're typically 10, 15 levels under you. So then you have to drag them into the field with you. You have to level them up. And the leveling is not a fast system. No, but if a character is under level, they f- level faster. So depending on what level you are, mm-hmm. based on the level of the enemies, you get less or more experience. So if a level 15 was going up against a level 30, they would get more experience, whereas a level 30 character would get less experience. And gotcha. no matter what level you're on, you always have to get 1,000 XP to level up. So Interesting. That's how it, that's how it works, but it's... It, it I, that bit didn't annoy me but one of the bits that did was the fact that you have to invite your party members every time you come out of the thing and then put them in the party Although, because I, I lost count of the amount of times I accidentally went in the field and realised I hadn't brought anybody with me oh. and then had to log back out of the field to go and get the party members well and sometimes there is a specific character that needs to come with you and they'll be standing by the chaos gate and as you're in town, you're you're trading for gear, you're upgrading your weapons, you're, you want to get your party ready. And you know that you need to bring this person, like Black Rose, she'll be standing there. And in order to give her new weapons, you have to walk up and press square to gift to her. But instead, the only thing you can do is talk to her. So now, you have to go into the world, and she will automatically join you, and then you... Ha- doesn't, you still have to add it to the party. Yeah, but even... No, if you add her to the party, and she shows up along the bottom... She'll still be standing by the chaos gate yeah. and you can't gift her items. So you have yeah, to go into the really world annoying. and do it on the field. <sighs> it's just everything about it is unnecessarily cumbersome. Like why, for example, can't when you're in the town, can't you access your emails or look at the board? Why do you have to log out? Yeah, why can't I just do like an alt tab? <laughs> oh, but then when you log out, you go to the title screen of the world. Where then you have to hit yeah. quit again to go down to your desktop. Yeah, that's where your meals are when you can chat about like um, whether you eat raw food and sewage and that kind of stuff. It just makes no sense. I so eat these, raw food. You, have these, you can have these weird conversations with the characters you meet where they just absolutely no character development whatsoever. The yeah. only major character development I found out was that Black Rose was a sophomore in high school. Oh. I think that's the only one. It's the only thing I found out, and the kite was about fourteen year old. But the point, the problem with this game is it introduces a load of characters which have absolutely no character development whatsoever. Yeah, over no. the course of the storyline, there's all these characters, but they're ultimately just there. There's nothing that differentiates them from other each other apart from their class, and the fact that they occasionally say different things when they're walking behind you. That's all. And one of them will always ask for aromatic grass, oh, God, which want... isn't in the game that I found. <laughs> I don't understand. It drove, me, it drove me crazy for ages, and I was like, okay, I'm going to leave it. Later on, I'll probably get some aromatic grass. But eight hours later, she's still asking for it, so I googled it, and then turns out it's not even in this game. So why is she asking me for aromatic grass? Oh, here we go. So I found a spoiler on that. The aromatic grass is actually fragments of Mia's memory after she was data-drained in dot hack sign what's dot hack sign i don't know <laughs> this game's so confusing 
It, 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 is it that just sign the... in, it does your head in everything about it is it's so hard to wrap your head around and like, oh it's a tv example, series eric... yeah so this is the anime thing that was meant to tie mm. into it i guess so eric you mentioned the data drain thing like i didn't understand this at all explain so the data they... drain so that the, that's the twilight bracelet that uh orca gives you yeah so basically when you whittle down an enemy's health it'll say something called protect break. And this means that at this point, this enemy can be data drained. And when you data drain them, they turn into an item and also turn into a massively underleveled version of that enemy. But the point, the problem with that is when you get, you might get a decent item or you might not, but because this level, the enemy is then underleveled, you get basically no experience from beating them. Like one XP. I learned that way too late in the game. And I think that's why I got to the end game so underleveled because yeah. I would like, all right, this guy like is whooping my ass. Just get him to protect yeah. break. Yeah. You need to sort of not do it that much. So, but also when you protect break, it also increases the infection level of the world. And but, random stuff will start happening. But this isn't made clear. And apparently, I saw no difference whatsoever, no matter how many times I data drain something. There is, when you go to the skill screen, which again, you have to navigate through a ridiculous amount of menus to get to, um, there is a data drain thing, and it has a silhouette of kite. Usually it's green. I saw it change to a slightly different yellow. That's the only thing I saw. But apparently it changes yellow and blue, and then I, I think it gets to red. And then if it goes past red... That is an instant game over because the corruption of the world has got too high. But I did not see it. No matter how many mm -hmm. times I data drained anything, it got nowhere near that. So I don't know how the hell that happens. For me, after it got to the it got to the point where about every forty five seconds to a minute and a half, my world would do this little psh static thing and glitch. So I got to enjoy that's, that that's, for that's story related. It's not based on the infection. But it's doing it all the time. Yeah, I think that's the, infection the, the, rated. I don't think it is because the it only happens in the levels where you go in the dungeons and they have the cord on the walls. Because oh, infection I didn't is there. catch that. So if you go I into see. a random if you go into a random place where there's no infection, then it'll be fine. But I did notice that if you're infection rate, I think this was what's tied to the infection rate. I'd be fighting enemies and they would just randomly regenerate health or some of them would disappear i don't know if that's correlated at all or if i was just missing an off-screen healer i don't I think know certain enemies i think certain enemies can spawn respawn their brethren yeah and things i, I don't know it's, it's really odd man the combat let's talk about the combat because the combat's okay it's it's kind of archaic uh final fantasy 12 style where you sort of have control over your characters everybody comes in it's um square to attack and then once you're already attacking them you, you just keep it's x is it yeah okay whatever it is yeah you're right it is x <laughs> uh you press square to bring up your menus for your characters and then you can choose skills and that drains Everyone, you operation wonder battle Operation. What's Operation, what's Operation Wonder Battle? 
I don't know. But he says every time the battle starts. But then you can do Operation Union Battle, which so Wonder Battle is all right. Have fun, kill anything. Union Battle is everybody focus on the same enemy. Uh, then you can tell them to use their skills or do first aid. But anytime Kite, your character that you are controlling, want to use any of your skills, you have to press the button, go to skills, sift through a menu, find that I skill. Wanted, I just wanted some shortcuts. This is too much to ask for. Yeah. Why can't I just tether it to, I don't know, L1? No, L1 puts you in first person mode because you really <laughs> need to experience this game in first person. <laughs> Oh, so accurate, man. And also, right, I noticed, I think it was the Wave Masters. They do absolutely bot all of yeah, no stand shit. There. <laughs> they don't do anything. Yeah. Unless, Except uh, die so, and consume all of your resurrect potions. Yeah. So this is how it differs from Final Fantasy Twelve, right? Because you can go to that Wave Master. Wave Masters are basically the healers and the people who use magic. So you can go to them. Every enemy you encounter, right? Everyone, use magic. Then they will attack with magic. But if you don't do any if you don't do that for the next enemy, they will just stand there. Yeah. They don't remember they don't remember this. So every single enemy you encounter, bearing in mind that you've gone through the same square shaped room or the same L shaped room time <laughs> after time with different enemies in every room, you then have to press square every time you go in a new room and press use magic otherwise they will just stand there sit on their ass and do absolutely bottle it's bloody ridiculous and then so even though but they are useful as healers but to heal your character instead of healing you when you're low on health you then have to go press square scroll to the first aid thing say oh use first aid but then when you do that that means that your car- other character like black rose who is a blade master and should be focusing on attacking will also try and heal you at the same time no they don't <laughs> heal you they make- heal themselves no they heal you as well i know no yeah, they, they heal do. themselves i can't tell you how many times i called for first aid and they're like all right and they just waste a potion on themselves when they only had 10 hit points missing like you dumbass <laughs> i have three hit points left uh, <sighs> don't even so all g- the spells all the spells as well have these really janky names where it's really hard to differentiate them mm-hmm. between each other so sometimes when you data drain things things get out of control and it'll cast cast a spell which generally has either a positive or a negative effect and then you're like it's cast and then you're like right what did that do <laughs> you are now suffering from the effects of elrompth okay what did my head in what did in my head in this as well it was more guilty in the first half of the game but every bloody dungeon you went in you got poisoned oh constantly. yeah yeah and it never went away on its own despite the guide saying just give it time it'll go away no What's worse is when you get hit with confusion, everybody gets hit because all the battles are between maybe two enemies and it's an area attack. So everybody gets hit and then they just start attacking each other and you all die. (laughs) The point, the problem is, though, you can only save either in when you're logged out of the world or in the town. So if you're in a dungeon and you get to the bottom floor, bear in mind, you may have went through five floors of square and L-shaped rooms at this point. And you've got to the bottom floor and you get to the boss and the boss attacks you and hurts you 300 with one hit and you die. And then you don't realize that you can click first aid and they will use a resurrect potion on you. And you just wait and hope that your characters kill it. 
and then you die and you lose all of that progress. Oh. This may or may not have happened to me. Dying in this <laughs> game is brutal. I'm, I went to extreme lengths to make sure I did not die because I yeah, just the, I couldn't be bothered to do it again. The I, thought it was so frustrating. The thought of having to replay even a minute of lost progress was just excruciating. Not as excruciating you know as having to listen to Kite scream Tiger Claws a billion times. <laughs> oh, yeah, because when you do an attack on this one, you have to announce it as well. And Tiger Claws is his really powerful uh, area attack. And it's the one you will use the entire game. And you get that weapon at like two hours in. So for the next 10 hours, all you hear is Tiger Claws. <laughs> And also, La Repth, because that's the healing spell. <laughs> I didn't hear that one as much because I always just popped potions. No, I was always La thing. I don't know. I needed to save all of my SP for the... Ti- I didn't use the Tiger Claw skill that much, actually. Oh, my God. That's all I used. I would just run up and hammer X, and that seemed to work nine times out of ten. Yeah. But that's, that's the frustrating... The frustrating thing is about it is, like I said... Not necessarily a boss. You might just encounter an enemy who suddenly just completely owns you out of nowhere. Yeah. There's n- there's no kind of like warning about it. and Because when you wander into one of the square or L-shaped rooms, there will be a portal in it, and it will spawn either enemies or a treasure chest. Mm-hmm. And the enemies can be either quite weak or ridiculously strong. There's no go-between. And what about... And also, what about the chests where you where they're blue... And you have to open them with an item called a fortune wire. So these blue chests are trap chests. So if you open them, they will infect you with one of the bizarre statuses or spells that we don't really know what they do. Like death, but or, you don't die. Makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> death! You and lost then, 12 hit points. Oh, all right. I mean, death, oh, not that bad. So then you go up to the chest and you hit items... So you have to open the menu again. Find an item called a fortune wire, which then changes that chest into a normal chest, and then you find out that you've wasted your fortune wire and have opened the chest, and it's just another fortune wire <laughs> or something point or something pointless like an antidote. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, I Eric, I really wanted to enjoy this game. I did for a little while, but it's just. Everything about it is so frustratingly put together and everything doesn't work as a coherent whole. Well, when you're sitting there going, anytime anything story related happens, if you can really even call it that and you just go, huh? People just... What about about the scene you posted on Facebook yesterday with the chair? (laughs) It happens twice towards the end of the game. You walk into the bottom of a dungeon and suddenly you're in a white room with a gigantic bed and about 50 teddy bears just laying on the floor. And then this dramatic Victorian poetry starts being read. And then Kite looks over to the left to a spot between a couple teddy bears and goes, oh, look, there's more over there. And then it, then you leave the dungeon. And then about two dungeons later, you get to the bottom, enter the same white room and there's half of a rocking chair sitting there. And all he goes is, huh, looks like somebody gouged all the stuff that was here. And then leaves. 
That's what happens at every dungeon with the story development. I don't so, get it. But also at the bottom of dungeons, there's meant to be something called a got chest, which is oh, the meant got. to be yep. like meant to be rare loot, essentially. So you're meant to get to the bottom of the dungeon to find these got chests to get better items, but they're also full of shite, which you don't need. It is... Well, I can't even begin to tell you how wrong that strategy guide was. I know all the time. Every got statue, it's like, this is what you're going to get and it'll help you here. Get it like, it's not even not even close. And then it also said when you're fighting the bosses, because you meant to data drain the bosses to actually be able to hurt them. And it says after data drain them, you should get this item. Nope. Nope. Never. Not once. Not once. <laughs> What's frustrating too is that if there's a level that has, if there's a dungeon that has a boss, um, Typically, the boss will appear on the bottom floor before the got statue. And while the got statue was never correct, it typically was more powerful loot. You beat the boss, it automatically teleports you out of the world. So if you want to go back and get that got statue, you got to do the dungeon again. The whole bothered to do, I can tell you that much. Thing. And typically, in order to get, I think in order to unlock it, you had to clear all the magic portals in the world. Or in the dungeon, but maybe I maybe you don't have to. Either way, you were forced to redo a bunch of dungeons a bunch of times. And I just, by the end, I'm like, I'm just mainlining it. Cool. Don't need it. On my way to the next dungeon. But No, I, I did warn you in advance because you were doing this. So you reached the end of the game yesterday. Mm-hmm. And you were severely underleveled for oh, the last boss. Horribly. For... So I was, when I got to the last boss, I think I was in the 20s level-ish. So I was about 26, I think, when I got to the boss. Got the boss, soon found out that the last boss ain't no pushover. So he's not around the level that you should be when you get there. Yeah, talk about a difficulty spike. Yeah. It's, It's ridiculous. He does... So your characters, despite being level 20-something, generally have about four, 500 health by this point. Mm-hmm. And he can hit you for about 300, 400 damage per time. And I only had 400 so, damage, or 400 hit points. So, bas- so the strategy for that fight is basically keep Kite out of the way of the guy, sending your other people to spam attack him for as long as possible, and while you just chuck healing potions and resurrects at them. And that's basically all you have to do which is not in the rest of the game at all so without a strategy guide again i would not have been able to be that boss that's crazy i was just i was spamming so you also get these scroll items which cast spells and oh yeah i was chucking them i was chucking them at him at him and it took probably about 20 minutes of wheeling on him with constant healing and finally just went into data drain more did that then killed him but, but every i had to at this point, I had to go back and use the random keyword generator tool to open up other dungeons to level up to about 34 to actually have a chance of beating him. Jesus. Yeah, so the when you go to the data gate, you can just pick random keywords. And it's stuff like, there's, there's three parts. There's part A, part B, and part C. And they each have a different effect on what happens within that field. So... You can put in something like bursting past over Aquafield and those keywords each have a correlation to the number of portals, the number of enemies, the types of items, the weather, the field type. And 
I don't even remember what all of the correlations are, but it it's best to just hit random and look at the level that the enemies are going to be within there and look for something that's a couple levels higher than you. Yeah. Um, but, I, but when I got to level 30, it was really difficult to find one that was higher. Oh, yeah. So like I said before, if I was level 30, the enemies were level 30, I wouldn't get much experience. So I needed something higher to be able to level up quicker. Wow. And that's that's where... Because because this game is planned as part of a four-part series, there's basically a kind of cap on how far you can level. I mean, you can level above it if you're really grinded, but they kind of want you to be around that 30 mark because when you move on to dot hack mutation, which is the second one, you can carry over your character data and start from level 30 odd. Which is kind of neat. It is, but... Why not just put it I all in one to, game? I don't want to play this the same game again in a different box, you know? So the field, atta- field effects here uh, for the keywords, it has each word has one of nine effects. The field type if it has a dungeon or not, the weather, the ground level, how many structures are in it, the area level, monsters, items, and magic portals. So typically, if you were going to be grinding, you'd want to focus on monsters and magic portals. But what we didn't talk about is every enemy has this hidden um, effect, like Pokemon. Some are weather. (coughs) Excuse me. Some are... Uh, fire or earth or wind no idea what they're supposed to be but then you can cast certain spells that negate that and you you basically have this rock paper scissors thing going on that how are you supposed to figure out anything about that but guess i don't know because you can't look at that enemy and go oh yeah that is clearly an earth enemy like no that's a that's a giant floating orb how am i supposed to know that your characters will sometimes say it, but then I'm like, well, I can't be bothered to scroll through the menu to find my whatever spell, which may or may not hurt it more, you know? I'd rather just wheel on it with X and hope for the best. Yeah. What about the random little items that are sitting around the world that yell at you, like, Mandegruga! Uh, or, bloody egg. Bloody egg. <laughs> Golden egg! Golden egg! Twilight onion! <laughs> La pumpkin. Did you catch the French pumpkins? I don't think I saw. Oh them god, they were so fun. They were so high class. You'd walk by and they go, "What about what? la pumpkin? La pumpkin." <laughs> what about invisible egg? Invisible egg. <laughs> Amateur egg. Amateur egg. <laughs> They're so. So they, they usually these weirdly. They look like eggs, actually. These weird little things. And they're just in the world. And then you can hear them saying this. And then you go up to them and they make a, no- a noise like they've popped. And then make a weird squeaky noise and bugger off. Yeah, but you're c- giving you these items. You collect and them then- and they can be used as food because apparently you can raise a thing called a grunty. Yes, you can. I didn't play around with that at all. Because it's pointless. <laughs> did you Did you try it? I, I did raise a grunty. Oh. I didn't so even know where. Get, when you get so when you start off in the first town, but then you go to a different server, which is basically a different town about halfway through. And at the back of that is the place with the grunty pen. And it's this weird little creature thing where you can feed it 
all these things like lab pumpkins and immature <laughs> eggs and bloody eggs and golden eggs and invisible eggs. I don't know how you find the invisible egg. Good sake, freaking stupid. Because they're yelling at you, <laughs> invisible egg. <laughs> like, you're not invisible. <laughs> you're right there. Also, are we collecting them? Yeah, I don't. I think so. I think he just picks them up and puts them in his sack. Invisible egg. <laughs> Shut up, man. They did, they did my head in, honestly. I just collected the items because I wanted them to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so you can feed these things to an, a creature called a Grunty. And when you feed it, it will grow. And then it grows a bit more. And then it starts saying things like, I want this. And you're like, I don't have that. So just eat these immature eggs instead. And it'll grow a bit more. And then it turns into a different kind of Grunty, depending on what you've um, fed it. But I then it... Well, the one that I've raised then decide give me a thing which let me call it in the field and I could ride it around in the field, which made movement faster. Ugh. But was ultimately a waste of my time because <laughs> I used it once. It's just so... F- I don't know. I got to the end of this it's and went... Such a, it's such a shame because it's a real cool concept, man. It is. It's... But it's, like, I think you put the it. Execution is you, atrocious. You put it best when you posted your picture in, in the group. You're like, "Well, I made it to the end of dot hack. Seems like they forgot to put a game in there." <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. It's not. You're not wrong. There is not a game here. It's just a series they, of actions to do. But they did four games out of this man. <sighs> How? But even if this was a full-length RPG that released as one game, it wouldn't have been good because it would have been 60 hours of this. I was ready to be done at hour four. Yeah, I, I'm impressed you got as far as you did. And I made it to I, really I made am. it to hour 12. So full disclosure, I made it right up to the final boss, but Dan telling me that I'd have no chance of beating him at my current level, I went back and I tried to grind, and I was looking in fields, I was fighting in fields that were three to four levels higher than me. And in 45 minutes, I went up two levels. So doing that math, I would have had to spend between four and six hours grinding just to fight the final boss. Yeah, it's not It's not worth it. So, yeah. I. But what he's not telling you is that you watched the last thing on YouTube. I did. It made me... Very happy. I watched the credits. I watched the final cutscene. Uh, I didn't watch the afraid. game. I watched I, the cutscene. I got near. I got near the end of Full Throttle. You and did then realized not. It was a cutscene that I could watch on YouTube. You did not. You watched uh, the whole game. I didn't. You, I played it. Yeah, the first ten minutes. Yeah, whatever. You didn't finish Dot Hack. The game that Santos wanted you specifically to play, you did not finish and cheated by looking on YouTube. I played it to almost completion. Almost completion is not good enough on the Dan Curtis school, school of completion. Close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. What are you on about, you lunatic? When so you when you're close when you're close may, to Santos something, may. Dan, when you're close, like when you're playing horseshoes, if it gets close to the pole, that still counts as a point. Or a grenade, you can get it close to somebody and still hit them. So the saying, "Close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades." I think you've made this up. Yeah, I think I did. 
but it makes sense. Yeah, shut up, man. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, as I was saying, Santos, I I I tried. I I love an RPG, but I have no desire whatsoever to progress with further games of this series. I agree. I I feel bad. I genuinely feel bad because I know this is a series that a lot of people really like, and I did want to like it because I've seen it on the shelf so many times. I've heard some people talk about it, like, yeah, it's really cool. It's a neat concept. But I would rather vacation in North Korea than play the rest of this series. <laughs> you had to do that when it was mid drink of water, didn't you? In your microscopic <laughs> bottle. <laughs> hey, microscopic bottles of the future. <laughs> Don't want to drink. On pl- saving on plastic waste, my friend. No, you're not. You're actually creating more. It'll go in the recycling. Don't worry about it. Oh, God. And that just ends up in the ocean. Yeah. There is no chance I will ever touch another Dot .hack game. Which is sad. I don't know, man, because I looked at Dot .hack GU, which is a separate series with also four games, and that looks a lot better. So... Does it? It really does. The combat has a lot more to it. Does it? <laughs> well, it doesn't look as bollocks as this one does. <laughs> What was this released? Oh, it's a PlayStation 4. Is it the .hackGU Recode? Where it's the first... Well, that's, that's th- the, I think that's the compilation of them all. Is it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, let me see. I don't I don't see it anywhere. .hack. Oh, Last I Recode. Sense, I can almost sense Mike making a joke about goo because it's GU. <laughs> it uses Rebirth, Reminiscence, and Redemption. Wait, it says it, it. the collection includes all three original, oh, the .hack GU games, so it's a yeah. different series. I don't know, man. I just, it, it, it's unfortunate because apparently this game was set to lay the groundations for a phenomenal <laughs> franchise. That will never not be fun. <laughs> <laughs> but it did such a poor job. And it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's really, it's, it's sad when it just kind of shits the bed like that. And there's so <laughs> many dot hack games. There's so many. Yeah, because they produced four and just chucked them out, hoping that it would be a new franchise. And Yeah, but there's more than that. It, it There's, yeah. yeah I'm going to see if I can come there's, up with there's the The different anime series which come with them all. Oh. Fascinating concept. Fascinating concept. Could have could have worked if it had higher production values, I guess. Yeah. But looking, I can't even think if I played it at the time when it came out that this would have been particularly fun. If I was, it came around. What year did it come out? Did it come out around the same time as Final Fantasy X? Uh, Dot Hack Infection came out North America February eleventh, Mutation May seventh, Outbreak September 9th, Quarantine. January 13th of the next year. What year was it? Uh, 20, or I'm sorry, 2003, and then quarantine was okay. 2004. But it's just not of the same quality of other RPGs. And it just leaves you with a feeling of nothing happening when it finishes. So there was an actual MMO, Dot Hack Fragment, was released only in Japan. 
and the servers have since been closed. And then there is a dot hack enemy collectible card game. Okay. No, you're all right. Thanks. <laughs> I just I want to see what dot hack gu is because I don't. Huh. G dot U. I, th- I think it's just another RPG with different oh. cast of characters. Is a series of video games also released in multi-platform in the dot hack conglomerate. A new project set seven years after the events of Project Dot Hack, with a new version of the world. So that came out in 08 and then the last recode came out in 17 okay but it does look a lot better i must say yeah but it's four games it's four well it's rebirth reminiscence is it though well it is because it it takes rebirth reminiscence redemption condensed into one is the question yeah, it's condensed into one, but I, I'm trying to find out here if it's if that series was first only released in Japan and then, I don't know, I can't I can't sift through all that information right now. But there is more. There's a lot more. There's like ten games, and then I was reading a little bit about this, and people were saying, look, if you really want to enjoy dot hack you need to immerse yourself into the world and you need to watch the movies and read all the anime no <laughs> i ain't got time for that i i get it and i can see where people who are really into the dot hack world it's a neat world i don't want to detract from that i really like the concept of of having a digital world affect the real world and people trying to unravel this mystery and conspiracy of stuff. It's a neat concept. I just think the game we played executed that concept so poorly that I just have no interest in going on. Yeah, you just you kind of need to see these effects in the real world at the same time as experience it in the world. Yeah. So that's where it kind of falls down, I think. Yep. It, it is a, it is a cool concept. I want to enjoy it. I didn't. Yeah. I am with you. That's I as much as, that's as much as I that's as much as I can say about it. And it's good to start off 2020 <laughs> with another Stellar game. <laughs> I promise we have better game. <sighs> well, as I always say, well, since the Zelda 2 episode, we've got to play the shite sometimes as well. Yeah. I'm sorry. So, Sa- Santos, I I, I really Thank you for sending Eric all the goodies and insisting we play this. Like we do need to play games like this occasionally, and not every game can be good. And I can understand some people will like it, but it's just it's not for me. Yeah, ten- it's not for him either. And I think we're generally quite switched on with what games are good and what aren't. So I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I feel bad. I really do. I I hope I'm not shitting on anybody's parade, but. Um, if you had to ask me if I would recommend you try this, I would say no. I would say no. Spend your 15 hours doing something else. Like playing 20XX. Yeah. Or Pokemon Sword. Sword! Child! <laughs> child! Sword is better. <laughs> I like child!
Ellie's trying to convince me to buy Shield now. I'm like, it's the same game. But daddy, this one's Shield and now it's, it's the same game. Oh, we didn't talk about the expansion pass. For dot .hack? No, for Sword oh. and Shield. Oh. I can, hear, I, can hear Mike, I can hear Mike in the past of this episode cussing us in the background. Well, we did <laughs> so get into games pretty quick. Yeah, they announced this week that um, there's going to be an expansion pass for Pokemon Sword and Shield. And this has gone kind of being very controversial because obviously they've taken some of the Pokemon out and they're re-adding them in in the expansion pass behind a paywall, kind of. Well, you can technically get them traded from people who own the expansion pass. Okay. But uh, if you want to catch them in the wild and stuff, you need to actually buy the expansion pass. But they are adding two pretty big new areas to it. Isn't it like a $30 expansion? Yeah. Oof. It's a spicy meatball. Uh, yeah, but you get uh, one area in a few couple of months and then another in fall, I believe. Hmm. Uh, so that should be all right. All I, right. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of interested. I think by the time they're out, I'll probably be done with the game, so I probably won't dabble. But it's it's neat for them to add a few more Pokemon in, kind of listen to feedback. It is kind of behind a paywall, but it also isn't, so I'm kind of in two minds about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I don't know. It's there's one of those things. It's gonna cause controversy, but it's it's Pokemon. I think what this Pokemon has done to me is realize that I like the concept of a Pokemon game. I'm not sure I like playing a Pokemon game. Oh man, it's so fun. They are. I really enjoy my time with them, but they always take a backseat to whatever else I'm playing. Well, I think it's because you didn't grow up with them. I think that's a big portion of it. Yeah. Hmm. That's kind of, I, I genuinely look forward to playing these. And with the expansion passes coming out as well, it kind of, traditionally with Pokemon, what they've done is they've done red, blue, then released something like yellow, which is an expanded version of the original game with hardly any differences apart from a few negligible things. So instead of that, now they're doing an expansion pass, which builds on what they've already done, which I'd much prefer rather than release a full-priced game, which mm-hmm. basically doesn't change anything. And I have to start from the start again. Yeah. I, so. Yeah. 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 It's more Pokemon. Yeah, yeah Pokemon. Po- Pokemon Thward. <laughs> Pokemon Child. It's like a child with a soft C. Not forgetting... So they've missed out on an opportunity, though, to release Pokemon Gun. Yeah, that would be an awesome expansion pack. <laughs> the legendary Pokemon is just a rifle. <laughs> with two eyes on the top. <laughs> I think we covered all of that. Mike was sending us pictures of the, the, the Transformer gun people. So uh, we have a lot of Facebook stuff to get through. Like, a lot. Yeah. Give ahead. Give we ahead. do. So we posted something. Tell us your favorite factory sealed memory of 2019 and your game of the decade. Because we cut our last show a little short. <laughs> Five hours, 20 <laughs> minutes. It wasn't bloody short. Well, we had we had grand ambitions to get through a few other things. So we wanted to spend a little bit of time talking about our game of the decade. And it's a shame that Tom and Mike aren't here, but they can share their thoughts on the next show. But um, 
Dan. Hello. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm good. Uh, it's again. Ah! <laughs> uh, did you spend any time thinking about what your game of the decade is? I've always known what my game of the decade is. Beat Saber. No. Batman. No. Uh, Tetris. Yes. <laughs> uh, well, I can almost hear Dalton squealing in delight. Oh, my God. game of the decade is Persona 5. Wow. That's a- there is there has been there's been so many games over the past decade, Eric, but that one resonated with me in a way that no others did. The characters, the gameplay, the soundtrack, just I love it so much. I wish I could it's one of those games where you wish you could turn back time, forget everything about it and play it through again, because it was just so brilliant. Hmm. I I can't even I, I knew elements of the Persona series. I'd never played anything in that series before, but I just, I love it so much. I need to get through that, I guess. But you put like you a... You need I've to, been seeing this for ages. Well, you got me to open it. Oh, well done. And then you got me to put it in. And take it out. And then you got me... Something else. Well, you got me to play like four hours of it? Nah, you, you need to invest... A hundred. Yeah. Ugh. Then you'll then you'll understand. It's just brilliant, man. Yeah, everybody that game. you've recommended that to has definitely enjoyed it, so I'm I'm sure there's something there. Mike's uh, game of the decade is Red Dead Redemption Two. <laughs> Mike Tom's is Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> Don't let them try to tell you otherwise because they told us secretly. I mean, I, I hummed and hard about the, the game of the decade thing because it's there's been a lot. When you think back over the decade, this is the last decade got us things like Skyrim, Mass Effect 2. Uh, what else came out? I, but there's, there is Lords, which would have been eligible. Well, mine is a little controversial because it technically, technically didn't come out last decade. Well, that's not the game nope. of the decade, then, is it? In half of the world. The other half of the world got it in 2010. So, technically, it counts. This sounds like bullshit. No. <laughs> I'm sticking to this, because even a major gaming news outlet agrees. My game of the decade was Demon Souls. Mm. It technically came out in Japan... In February of 09, it came out in North America in October, and then the PAL regions got it the following summer. So half of the game playing world got but it. Not your half of the world. You got it in 09. Technically. <laughs> but I played it through the, the, the next time. I'll let, you, I'll let you have it. But it's the, fine. the reason I, I say that and... If you want to read a good article on it, Polygon wrote one called Why Demon Souls is the Most Important Game of the Decade. It changed everything. Never before had a game come out even remotely close to this. This was a brand new concept, a brand new gameplay style, and it introduced people to a brand new level of difficulty. And not only was it phenomenal, it spawned an entire 
genre. It kicked off the entire Souls, Soulsborne. Then, you know, we had um, Nayo come from it and Sekiro. And it. everybody now uses the Souls games as kind of their benchmark. It's fascinating that this one wasn't as successful as Dark Souls, though. It's one of those games where it's kind of, I don't think many people have experienced just how good it is. It's genuinely a phenomenal game. Yeah, it's really good. I I mean, I've, to my embarrassment, I've never finished this one. I've And I really want to, but my copy doesn't work anymore. I have beaten this no less than 20 times. It is just absolutely incredible. Um, and, I, you know, I agree. I really wish that this game would have been far more successful, but it just came out to absolutely no fanfare. It was from software and... I don't recall hearing anything about this game or seeing anything in the news outlets about this game's coming out. I just had my uncle call me one day and he's like, dude, you got to go buy Demon Souls. And I couldn't find it anywhere. Could not find a copy in any store in town, except one of my buddies who owned a game store had one copy. I'm like, hold that for me. I'm on my way. And for the next year, Almost on a daily basis, my uncle and I were on the phone with each other talking about this game and how we go through it and what your strategy is for this or what happened to the world when you did that. And it was such an engrossing concept that it, it's, it was an absolute shoe in for Game of the Decade because it had not only that much of an impact in, in my life, but in the gaming world throughout all of the 2009, though. Sort of. (laughs) (laughs) It sort of came out. (laughs) I know, I know. There's an asterisk. It's like baseball players on steroids. It technically doesn't. If rumors are to be believed, Blue Point are working on a remaster. Oh my god. I will just lock myself in my office for that afternoon. Just an afternoon. Okay, that week. Yeah, so that's my game of the decade. But, um, I don't. I honestly don't know what Tom and Mike picked. I don't think they've told us. So we'll just fill in the blanks. Yeah, Mike chose uh, Stadia as his gaming platform <laughs> of the decade, <laughs> and Tom chose any game with a lake in it. Any Alan game. Wake that's got a lake in it. Yeah. Solid. One one game <laughs> where you just watch something happen and don't play it, and that nobody's heard of, that came out on the Amiga. I'm gu- I'm guessing Zach Foley probably played Bloodborne. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If if I had to guess, that would be his. So, um, do you want to pull up the Facebook stuff? I'm gonna click through. We had a bunch of stuff uh, from our last show post that Mike sent I've me. Got, a... I've got the new one. So, do you want to go through the old one first? Yeah, I don't remember the like. We asked people for games of the year, and then, um. I don't know. I should probably look through some of this. Well, I can go through the other one if you want. Yes. Okay, so we asked, basically, it was a a muddled thing. So, favorite FS memories of 2019, game of the decade, mixed bag on responses to it because everybody gets distracted by the <laughs> artwork as normal. <laughs> That's your fault. I know, <laughs> but it's funny. <laughs> So Mark Marcheski said, the game of the decade is so hard, but I guess if I went with my time and love, Stardew Valley. That's a great choice. Have you mm. seen how many hours Monty Glover's put into that thing? 
I have. <laughs> it's like 1500 or something. That's obscene. Dalton Sutor. Okay, Dalton Big Shoots. Yeah, you there there's no question what his is. Game of the Decade is Persona 5 with Witcher 3 coming in at a close second. So I have a confession. I've never beaten Witcher 3. I'm not surprised. It's massive. <laughs> it's a good game and it's huge. Of course I didn't finish it. So I would like <laughs> to know, know if anybody's played it on Switch, I would really Mike? like to know your feedback on it because I do want to play it. Has Mike not bought it on Switch? I don't know. But the problem... definitely humming and hollering about it. I can't remember if he has. The problem is that I have an ultra-wide monitor and a really high-end gaming PC that could support that, and you can play Witcher in that ultra-wide field of view. And it's mm. gorgeous. But it's sitting at a computer, and I don't want to yeah. do that. Only thing I want to do to computer is Wreckfest. <laughs> and then play Wreckfest. And X-Hamster. <laughs> Uh, I, yeah, The Witcher 3 for me, I I don't get us wrong, I very much enjoyed it, but I didn't enjoy it as much as everybody else did. I I, I don't know, it's one of those games. I don't know, my brother-in-law freaking loved it. and he I, keeps... did like, I did very much enjoy it. I don't know if something else came out when it came out and I didn't invest in it as much as, much as I should have done. When did it come out? Because I think I got it when Ellie was born. It came out... Uh, no, I got it a year after, two years after, or a year after, yeah. So I don't know what was going on. I just didn't finish it. It came out in the summer. I don't know why. I got. I think I got to the second sort of massive area, then stopped for ages, and mm. then went back to it and finished it. Hmm. But I had no idea what was going on at that point. Yeah. Stephanie uh, so writes, My game of the decade is 3 million percent The Binding of Isaac original PC release was 2011 so many iteration improvements and expansions to the game over the remainder of the decade i can't think of a game more deserving deserving of game of the decade counting on dan to lead any binding of isaac discussion since eric never got past mom correction i never made it to mom (laughs) get it right he enjoyed himself too much in the first room and turned it off yeah but if you look at how many hours i've put into it on steam you probably wandered away from your pc (laughs) Uh, no i really enjoyed binding of isaac and i honestly thought mom was the end game like that's nope, that's the end of the game i i loved binding of isaac as well it was one of those games i actually ironically waited for on ps plus <laughs> ironically did, it was and then it was one of those things i played on the most that year in fact probably one of the games i played the most over the decade because it's incredibly addictive incredibly rewarding when you get progress and there's so much to it i don't even own all the expansions i'd like to get it on switch with the afterbirth expansions is that like oh, is, is that the perfect for switch is that the the complete collection on switch afterbirth plus is the complete collection got it so but yeah i can see why you picked that stuff i really can because it's so fun and it it genuinely is probably a game that's deserving of that title because it came out of nowhere, really, and kind of... I don't know if that's kind of the birth of the roguelike sort of genre, that game. I can't remember anything hitting the mainstream quite like that that also 
Yeah. Had such an impact. Huh. That's a good choice. So, I like it. Yeah. Sarah Irvine says, not going to be a popular opinion, but my game of the decade goes to Star Wars The Old Republic. That's it the MMO, isn't it? Yeah, it just celebrated its eight-year anniversary, and I'm just as obsessed now as I was on launch day. It's not perfect, but damn, I loves me some SWOTOR. Have you ever played it? Nope. It is actually really good. As far as MMOs go, it's really good. The The storyline, the voice acting, I really enjoyed it. You know what? I just MMOs don't appeal to me. They never have. No, I, I, I peter I, out on I, them. I personally, I've always been more of a fan of playing single player games yeah just doing it myself so i mean don't get us wrong i enjoy having mates over playing the game with them occasionally but i, I just enjoy a nice single player adventure play through it myself just focus on it you know as i've gotten older that's sort of where i've drifted to i went through an mmo phase for a while because ironically my dad started getting into games like that he discovered star trek online and he and I played so much of that game together because we grew up watching Star Trek together. And I'm like, this is a great opportunity to spend time with my dad, even though we don't live together. Because growing up, we would play video games together. GoldenEye and San Francisco Rush and Doom and Descent and all of those games we would sit and play together. And he's he really cultivated my love for gaming as well, even though he wasn't a, a massive gamer. But then he just trailed off with it and one day he called me he's like hey have you played star trek online like no he's like download it like all right we played and we're flying around the galaxy and doing all that fun stuff and then i said dad we should check out star wars the old republic and uh he didn't like that one as much but it kind of you know i played through the free trial of it at the time and really enjoyed it the one i think you would really enjoy dan is final fantasy 14 oh i've been tempted many a time to buy that but i i can't do it it's i think rabbit hole i don't want to fall down uh, yeah i think you, that's a slippery slope for you because yeah. you're the one who will just dump hundreds of thousands of hours into it and that would just consume yeah. your life the one that i had to be really careful with when it came out was elder scrolls online yeah that, is that still going oh yeah i really you, want to play you that hear about these things coming out and then you kind of they just vanish and they just exist well, for me, it's so confusing because I thought Elder Scrolls Online went free to play, but then you can buy the game, but then you have to buy physical copies of all of the different expansions. It's just the ecosystem is, I, I don't understand yeah. how it's structured it's at this point. It's the subscription model of these games that puts me off. But I don't think I'd ESO is subscription anymore. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not I'm surprised nobody picked Fallout 76 for their game of the decade. <laughs> oh god could it you took, imagine it took you a minute um let's see so anyway we'll we'll move on yes stephanie also said for her memory of the year late entry lord thumb is my new favorite part of 2019 <laughs> that i posted the picture uh, it's a good one. it's a good one. i'll give you that lord thumb and general spendington <laughs> Oh, which I have to... Let me sidetrack for a second here. Um, I had a package oh, yeah. show up last week from Zach. And it was a semi-belated birthday present. And oh my God. He sent me one of the Scuff Vantage 2 controllers. 
but with a custom-made faceplate in Mega Man Blue. It is nice. the coolest thing. I've never been a huge proponent of really expensive gaming controllers. I've always really liked the OEM controller, but this scuff is incredible. I'm not sure if you played with the original scuff that he brought down to Phoenix in January. I mean, did you even hold it? I don't. Th- I don't think I did. It's got some weight to it. It is a it is a hefty controller, but you can customize the the height of the joysticks, the triggers, how far back they go. You can remap buttons. So on L1 R1 just to the side like where your this part of your finger sits, there's buttons there that you can customize, and then there's four paddle triggers in the back that sit where your pinky and your ring finger are like perfectly sit where they are. And on the controller, you can move a switch, press a press any of the the original buttons you know square triangle circle x l1 l2 and so on and then the next button you press of the customizable buttons also takes on the effect of pressing that so when you're playing shooters you can remap jump and reload to either those paddles or something that doesn't require you to take your thumb off of the stick interesting it is it is the coolest controller um I try not to leave it out because my kids, when they come down in the morning, are like, all right, let's grab a controller and let's turn on Netflix. Like, don't touch this one. Just leave it alone. I'm surprised it's out of the box, to be honest. Oh, God, I had I had to. That thing is so pretty. So, Zach, thank you so much. That is, it, it was unnecessarily generous. Um, I am extremely appreciative of that. And you, my friend, have outdone yourself with more Mega Man art. Thank you. It was... It, it was super cool. So back in... As soon as I saw it, I was like, yes, that's the perfect one. Well, I remember seeing that exact poster as a kid. So he sent me, if you if you recall, Nintendo Power used to put out uh, posters within some of their magazines for upcoming games. And they did a very special one for Mega Man X. And somebody recreated that online in print form. And Dan sent me a copy of that. And... Bonus points, it is an obscure size, so I get to go to the store and buy a custom frame, which I love doing. I know. Oh. It was perfect. It was perfect. So thank you so, very much for that. I have the perfect spot for it. No, happy, very happy birthday to thank you, you, my friend. 34? years old. One foot in the grave. <laughs> Other one on its way in. I forget I'm the youngest out of all of us. It's so strange. I was at a I was at a New Year's party with my wife and our circle of friends, and somehow it just came up about how old people are. And Christy's turning forty this year. One of her other friends is turning forty, and another guy was forty three. And everyone's like, "Eric, how old are you?" I'm like, thirty three at the time, and they're like, "Jesus, you're the youngest one here by orders of magnitude." The ne- yeah. my wife was the next closest person in age and she's six years older than me yeah i was always, i was quite young at young person at work and then a girl started in the team who sits outside my office and she's 23 and i was like really <laughs> but the problem is like i still feel like i'm 23 i do as well it's if not even younger you know when so strange. new people start at I th- work i think that's a good mentality to have yeah you're really only as old as you feel. And my grandpa is the same way about that. He's 82 and acts like he's about 12. And it's just great. He's like, you just got to live how you feel. You know what? Your body's going to fall apart, but just have fun. Yeah, well, I just turned 30. And I'm, the old bag. Doesn't make, doesn't make a difference. Yeah. Uh, Juliet 
game of the decade, Final Fantasy 15. I haven't enjoyed a Final Fantasy so much as a whole. Mechanics, battle, story, characters since uh, 8 and 9. I spent over 300 hours playing it. I didn't even know there was 300 hours of content in that one. And loved every bit. So I just bought the Royal Edition, which comes with every expansion pack, as far as I'm aware. Um, I'm really tempted. I don't think it does, you know. I don't think it comes with Episode Arden. Really? I don't think it does, no. Oh, man, that would suck. Which episode do you think it doesn't come with? Arden. I'm really tempted to... yeah. I'm really tempted to go back and play that because I think waiting was probably the best bet for it. I agree. And I actually did try and go back and play it recently, but I can remember it too much. Oh, Mike can play this on Stadia. <laughs> it's a, it was a launch title for Stadia. How is that not a system seller? Because it came out two years ago. <laughs> Has it been two years? No. Dan, it's been three and a half. Bullocks. Yeah. Yeah, it came out in November what? of 16. What? Uh. Wow. That's just mad. Yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting choice. I would not have expected anybody to say that. Are you suddenly out in the middle of a field with a flashlight telling ghost stories? How dark does it get in Het? <laughs> It's getting, it's getting suddenly very dark. I mean, I, I know you guys live in the myself, dark but... ages, but good Lord. <laughs> I just realized it's getting very, very dark and I can't get up to put the light on. That's fine. So, <laughs> uh, that's, a, that's a great choice. I really like that. I like the obscurity of it. And I, would, I really enjoyed 15. It was I a did. divisive game. It's just, it's just irritating that it wasn't finished. Yeah, but it is now. Much like, much like Metal Gear Solid 5 in that respect. Yeah, MGSV turd. I don't think it is finished, though. I played... I got the season pass when I tried to replay it recently. Got Did the Ignis, Gladio, and Prompto storylines. Pointless. No. They hmm. don't really add to it in any way, in my opinion. But if you play it from start to finish with all of those installed, doesn't it cut to those in line with the story? No. Oh. No. You just have to jump out and jump in because there's obvious points where the characters bugger off where sure. the DLCs are huh. and yeah so so anyway Sarah Sarah Irvin says it's hard to pick a favorite memory of this year but if I had to pick one now I'd give it to Dan's hostile vagina <laughs> I told everyone at work that joke and they were horrified but now if anyone gives me any attitude I say are you getting hostile then they back off because they know I'm about to call them a vagina <laughs> made my life infinitely easier <laughs> step off you vagina yeah that was, that was it was a good off the cuff comment that one i enjoyed it a lot it was yeah it was a good one that's a that's a good memory there uh santos thanks for playing the game guys the obvious question is did the storyline of the game take away take way too long to get started or did you just accept at some point that the main character kite is just an eighth grade kid who really has no idea what's going on. It's just too big for him. Uh, who was your go-to team? Black Rose and Pyros here. And was the game good enough that Dot Hack Mutation Part 2 goes on your personal backlog? Well, um, first of all, the storyline never got started. <laughs> it got started as you ended. 
because he literally team, says my go-to team <laughs> changed based on the recommendations <laughs> yes. of the guys oh. he literally says at but the end I... of the game it's just getting started oh great thanks what was the past 12 hours um, and was the game good enough that it goes dot have part two goes in your personal backlog i mean i th- i think i made my thoughts clear no i've already finished all four it's a marvelous time. oh god santo said it took him over 26 hours to beat it without the guide Ooh. ouch Ooh. ouch cody halverson says his favorite memory has to be more game con Despite the Airbnb and all the fun memories that had, <coughs> a highly recommended pilgrimage for everyone to consider in the coming years. Yes. As for the game of the decade, I did everything Juliet said. I absolutely loved Final Fantasy XV. Objectively, it may not be the best that came out, but I absolutely loved every moment of it. Yeah. Mo GameCon was awesome. That was definitely one of my highlights of this year, especially since um, Cody and James and... Um, uh, Wilfredo came out. So I'm hoping as the years go on, more people come out to it. Unfortunately, I'm not going to be at Mo GameCon this year because <gasps> I'll be at Tom's wedding. Oh, well, we'll let you off for that one. I know. It's not at the but same if time. Want, if y'all want to come to England and surprise Tom, yeah, then go for it. <laughs> it's not at the same time, but I think I'd be a little hard-pressed to take two vacations in one I month. I can't wait for that meetup. We've just... We've just booked Airbnb for us all. Oh, it's, it's going to be, be a so fun good. time. It's going to be so good. I'm going to find Eric a restaurant that serves rabbit pie. I uh, expect it to be on the dinner menu. <laughs> Me too. So anyway, final question on the second post is thank Sarah Lopez. Thank you for playing Dot Hack Infection. I'm excited. I'm excited for the next show. Sorry. I really do apologize. <laughs> I am too. What was what was everyone's reaction to the encounters at the end of Infection, and did anyone notice any clues about the ending early on? What in what encounters, and what ending? I I don't you know, right? I don't know. I mean, I'm genuinely interested. I didn't have any clue what was going on at any point outside of I'm trying to figure out why my friend is comatose. So, um. Mike sent me a bunch of stuff here. I I'm, I apologize. I'm going to have to sift through some of this here. People, we did ask for top ten, but also games of the decade. So I'm going to just kind of read through a little bit of this here. If it fits the mold, it fits the mold. Um, let's see. Sarah Irvine, she shared something pretty interesting. So she writes, "I had a dream yesterday." that I was playing Factory Sealed Party, a series of mini-games based on your antics. Target practice with Zach, opening Eric's sealed games with Dan, run from Tom before he dumps you in the lake, launching lorries with Mike, escape from head, or my personal favorite, Eric ate duck pie and drank from a two-liter of Mr. Pibb. Run. Duck pie? <laughs> yeah, I think she meant rabbit pie, but in 2020, we all need to make new friends who know how to write some code. Let's make this happen. I think that would be a phenomenal game. Me too. Instead of Mario Party, Factory Sealed Party. Well, Tom, Tom's starting to dabble in game development. Shh. So... Pull back the curtain too much. He likes playing with RPG Maker, doesn't he? Just faffing about at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Factory Sealed the RPG. 
Um, let's see. Oh God, what's happening here? My mic is dying. Uh, there we go. Sorry. Uh, there we go. There we go. Phil Gartside writes, warning. I've been playing a lot of my backlog, so most of these are pretty old. Game of the year, uh, The Outer Worlds. Game that game, does, it mean, does it mean the Outer Wilds? Game that made me cry. What remains of Edith Finch, particularly the bathtub scene. Game that made me realize I'd missed out on a brilliant revival of a franchise. Tom Brader. Game I'll still be playing when I'm 80 because I'm slow. Zelda Breath of the Wild. Game that reminded me of being a 15-year-old on holiday in Scotland and being happier than I've ever been. Link's Awakening. Best game-related thing of 2019 was Game Pass. Um, let's see. I've got to find the next one. Second best thing of 2019. Halloumi fries? Don't know. Halloumi fries. I don't know what those are. Most fun I've had this year outside you, of the bedroom. You don't have halloumi in America. No, what is halloumi? It's a type of cheese. What? Yeah, it's a really popular type of cheese. A mixture of goat and sheep milk and sometimes cow milk. Oh. Gross. It doesn't sound good, Dan. It's it is quite nice. Oh, I often not eat it much personally, but it's really popular. It gets fried and made into fry form. Huh. He also says most fun I've had this year outside of the bedroom. Factory sealed secret Santa. Best thing of best things. This community of awesome, funny, diverse, tolerant, brilliant folk. No. Let's see. Chad, my fa- actually one of my favorite things here. I have to give a shout out to this. I am looking forward to this immensely. Phil Gartside actually making those bloody trading cards. Oh my god! I cannot wait to see them. Yeah, we need. I've to... seen the. I've seen the preliminary sketches of my own card, and my god, it's fantastic. If he needs any sort of financial backing to uh, get these made, we need to back that because these are friggin' hilarious. I think people would buy the packs. Yeah, they really do. Yeah. So, um, okay, Chad also writes, oh no, he was responding to Dalton, talking about Doom. Chad said, it's probably my game of the decade, honestly. It's so balls to the wall awesome the whole way through, hard as nails, but never minded the deaths as it was just a good reason to try and rip and uh, rip and tear strategy. Um, let's see. I did enjoy Doom as well. Yeah, I'm looking forward to Doom Eternal. Oh. 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 Shannon McIntosh, 2019 was such a step down from the last two years that I don't have a game of the year. See, I disagree with that. I think it was a step up. I think they've had a lot of good games over the last couple of years. I got the RE2 remake too late in the year to get into it. Anything I really enjoyed this year wasn't from 2019. Um, if we're going to if we're going decade, my top five in no order are probably Red Dead 2, Persona 5, Fallout 4. Um... Shovel Knight, Dead Rising 2. I know there aren't much better games in Dead Rising 2, but I had good time with it. Um, At least you can read the subtitles on that one. Yeah. Jason McGill might not have been part of the show, but the best memory of the year was meeting the crew in Phoenix. It was so awesome just hanging out and playing games. Oh, yeah. Of course. I loved that people came and met with all of us. That was so much fun. It was still amazing to even think that people would do that and it's amazing jason absolutely strange to me whooped our ass at slaughterhouse 2 just cleaned the floor (laughs) with us splatterhouse 2 yeah the arcade splatterhouse 2 did i play i can't remember did i challenge jason to dance dance revolution 
Was that before or after Matt Ernie kicked it? I think probably after. <laughs> before. <laughs> And then it, I moved away. Then I moved away from it very quickly because it froze. He's like, ah. Uh, hey, we drew, we drew a crowd playing that game. We did. It was not for the right reasons, though. Hey, I'm pretty good at it. Mm, yeah, but the rest of us weren't, and I don't think they were watching <laughs> you. They were. I am the handsome one, Matt Laflamme. One thing that stuck with me and probably will forever is that Dan doesn't change the oil in his car. He just replaces the car. <laughs> Every time I change it's the oil, easier, guys. Every time I change the oil in my car, I think of that episode and laugh. <laughs> oh, Dan, we love you. That that yeah. was one of the funniest revelations of the year. Yeah, it was a good one. So Zach says, "Well, I've already said my favorite show moment was the Red Dead Redemption bug that made the game fun." But I'm a Patreon, so I should get two right. My favorite unwrap from uh, moment from the unwrap, and he posted a picture of my face on a thumb <laughs> lord t himself uh let's see here stephanie let's see i sent y'all an email this morning but didn't include my favorite show memory just want to say that being firmly in tom's camp i very much enjoyed the constant intermittent breath of the wild versus red dead squabbling this year can you imagine if our troops or police officer weapons constantly broke after six uses absurdity <laughs> Uh, Chad Schaefer, you guys got new mics this year. I think everyone can agree this was a major improvement. Dick jokes never sounded better. Toilet ones as well. Oh, yeah. Michael Hernandez, the first mentioning of horse shooting in Red Dead Redemption by Eric. The timely oh, yeahs by Dan. Lastly, the level of get it's by the crew. Ocarina of Time. Hey, get it. Thanks for years of squabbling, banter, unique opinions, and down-to-earth perspectives on the gaming industry. Looking forward to more straddling and penis jokes in the next decade. Well, this is our last episode, so... Yeah, that's been a good run. <laughs> Can you believe that we're coming up on... What do what you... Oh, geez, this will be eight years. Jesus Christ. Good Lord. I mean, I've, I've been on a long time now. Yeah, you came out in 14. Seriously? Yeah. Shit. 14 or 15. I think, yeah, it was either 14. No, it was 15. Because 14, wow. we did like That's eight incredible. episodes that whole year. <laughs> but honest, I have such fond memories of doing this. And it's I'm it's something I'm so glad that I did back in 2014. Just off the cuff when you said it. <laughs> hey! I, I, came on, I came on board. And then like, obviously, me and Eric knew each other before that. We used to work on Manitang together and before that, Voldemort Towers and things like that. But we kind of, we drifted apart a little bit. And this, and doing this again, and then with Tom coming in and then Mike coming in and becoming the coherent whole. And we kind of, we are like literally all four of us are now, like now the best of friends. Yeah. And every single day we have the most ridiculous chats going on in whatsapp and it i'm incredible thank incredibly thankful for that and it's amazing to me that well, four people from such different places in the world can come together and create this yeah it's, it's just fantastic it's just a fantastic thing well and the fact that when this started i had no intention of it going super long and just the fact that you guys jumped onto it and helped keep it afloat and then the community it's just kind of this thing that just exists and we just kind of try to steer it and hope we can corral it. 
I don't think there's any steering in this thing. No, it just <laughs> it just happens. But I can't remember who made it, but someone made a really impactful comment that that said, you know, I'm really happy with where you guys are at now. You've come a long way since the beginning. And we have. And I think that's important for any any piece of art is that in order for it to continue, <laughs> it needs to change and grow. Um, well, I think you'll find it's starting to grow really about episode 45 when I save the show. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Um, honestly, my favorite moments of the year were MoCon meeting everybody, the um, the Phoenix meetup with our, our game stream. But I was flipping through our pictures of Phoenix when we went up to Sedona. And the picture of you standing up there with your arms widespread is one of my favorite pictures because of how long <laughs> I have pestered you to come to the States and you finally came. And it's just, when you look at a picture of somebody and like, they are happy. And just the fact that you spent the money and the time to come over and it was just, it was awesome. I love that picture. Yeah. I, I had such a, a good time at yours this early this year. I, I was absolutely gutted that we could not stay for longer because that week absolutely flew over. Oh, yeah. And there's so many things over the year I just thought that we could have done and we didn't have time to do. <laughs> and I genuinely gutted. <clears throat> I, I can't afford to come to Tom's um, stag do this. It's a lot of money for two nights. It is. <laughs> and But we will be seeing each other in at Tom's wedding later in the year, which will be great. Absolutely. So, but with Phoenix was fantastic. Specific show memories. I, I can't remember that many because so... they all blend into one. Yeah. But says uh, Father Gascon was ludicrous. <laughs> I don't, oh my god. I liked when uh when Mike came on and he just immediately pounced on time like Ig you fucking wanna <laughs> That was a good one as well. Uh, me not changing my oil was pretty hilarious. I like that one too. It's at least you just kind of adopted that one. Like, yeah, yeah I, I agree. It's absolutely ridiculous. I've I've learned my lesson. <laughs> yes, very expensive lesson. Some lessons are best learned the hard way. I, I got a new car out of it in the end. Yeah, whatever. So, you know, I mean, I, I kind of remember. Um, oh, um, there may or no, there may or may not be indoors. That was a good one. Uh, what else has happened? Uh, the Resident Evil Four episode was absolutely hilarious. Oh yeah, with the, go with the gonads and potatoes. Uh, yeah, it's definitely been a a fun filled year. Calling each other wankers all week when we were playing the getaway. <laughs> Oi! This year's going to be Tom's, Tom's uh, relentless hatred of Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. Yeah, and his yeah. defensive the, Red Dead. Um, the D versus T debate in the Fable episode. <laughs> God, your your memory's way better than mine is for a lot of that stuff. Looking back, looking back at the episodes to see if anything can trigger. Them. Oh yeah. Uh, I can't re I can't remember any. Hmm. I've missed a few episodes this year because I wasn't around. Yeah. Yeah, but. Overall, a great year for Factory Sealed, and well, I joked about it before being the last episode. It isn't. It's we not. We aren't going anywhere. We have a bunch of shit um, on the docket this year. It's it's definitely going to change. We've got such a busy year. 
um, not just with games coming up, but with travel. I mean, in March, we've got Final Fantasy VII Remake, but we've also got Tom's Bachelor Party in, in Las Vegas. So that's going to take up some time. And then you've got vacation. And then all of us in August are going to be in London for uh, Tom's wedding. I think we should try in some fashion to do another live show of some sort. I don't know if Tom will have time. Well, that's the problem. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Are you... How, when are you coming over? Are you coming over for the week or are you... Oh, I'll be there for 10 days. For... All right. Yeah, we're probably going to fly into... Are you making the pilgrimage up north? I would like to. I need to visit Het. You do? If it's just a four-hour train ride, hell yeah. Yeah, do it. Um, do, does Het have an airport? Because we could fly in. It has a field. <laughs> <laughs> Land I'll her there! Move, I'll just... I'll just move the sheep kangaroos out of the way and we should be fine. <laughs> the shangaroos. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, yeah, the continued het happenings over the air was a highlight as well. We're going to fly into England and then go down to France for a few days and then um, make our way back up. So, I don't know. I have a pretty yeah, hard and fast rule of if I'm going overseas, I can't go for less than a week. Nah, it's not worth it. No. That's, again, one of the reasons I didn't want to come over to America, because I would have wanted to come for ages. Well, Mike and Tom are both flying into Phoenix the day before we're going to head up to Vegas, and then they're coming back for a couple days afterwards, so they'll be here for mm. just under a week. It's still not long. It's not, no. Unfortunately, or fortunately for Tom, it's not as much of an inconvenience. It's only a three-hour time difference, whereas Mike, it'll be yeah. eight. But coming up next, I believe we're not changing this. We are doing... A replay of Conker's Bad Fur Day. Oh, I'm so excited for this. I love this game. We played it a long time ago. Long time ago. And I don't think we really gave it a proper shake. So that's the only definitive game we have next on our docket. Everything else is subject for rearrangel. Re- we have rearrangel. Rearrangel. <laughs> We've laid the groundations, but it may be subject to rearrangel. <laughs> shit out there for you <laughs> you gonna make it I'm, I'm fine yeah. <laughs> you were thinking about rearranging your game room weren't you yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe yeah. so that's uh that's coming up that's all we've got on the docket. So we have been trying to get together to organize the list, but, but we live in four parts to, of the world, so it's yeah. difficult to line up schedules. And we can't get we can't get Mike away from Stadia. It's just impossible. We just can't. So Dan, thanks for joining me today. It's all right. Somebody's got to come. What are you going to do the rest of the week? Uh, work. Mm. I'm going to go book my tickets to North Korea.
This episode is brought to you by our wonderful Patreon sponsors, with an extra special thank you to Zach Foley, Santos Lopez, Sarah Irvine, Peabody, Wes Rainey, Phil Gartside, Nicholas Bradley, James Hall, Thomas McGrew, Richard Cutris, Jordan Lawfrey, Jason McGill, Stephanie, Chad Schaefer, Miles Prower, Jeremy Lucas, Shannon McIntosh, and Samuel Chun.